how all of the Saints and Cowboys recent injury and illness news impacts Thursday night's game between the two teams, and then more on Taysom Hill's contract, how it saves New Orleans Saints money in 2022, and the extensive list of things that Taysom must do in order to earn the most of his $95 million contract option. We've got all that and a little bit of lanyard for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks as always for making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, we're here and available for you daily and free on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson, NOLA on Twitter, Canal Street Chronicles, Locked on NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. And on today's episode, I want to get started with the New Orleans Saints, Dallas Cowboys, and why health is going to be a major contributing factor to Thursday night's matchup between the two teams. Let's start off with a home team, New Orleans Saints. They're looking at getting a little bit healthier at spots that really, really matter for them. But you know how it is with the New Orleans Saints injury report. It's always some good news along with some bad news. But the good news today, I think, outweighs what the bad news is. You look at Sunday's practice report. Remember, the New Orleans Saints are going to be practicing Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, and then they'll probably have a walkthrough or something on Wednesday like they would usually do on Saturday for a Sunday game, this time Wednesday for a Thursday game. So a little bit more of a normal rhythm this week than last week's very short uh, turnover from a Sunday game to a Thursday game. In this case, they still get seven days in between games. They're just on weird days, Thursday to Thursday. So for the Saints on Sunday, even though there was no injury report that came out, uh, New Orleans Saints media was still able to be uh, you know, present for the open portion of practice on that day. And what uh, a lot of the Saints reporters ended up reporting is that we saw Ma- uh, Mark Ingram as well as star running back Alvin Kamara back on the field, along with starting right tackle Ryan Ramchek. So that's the good news. And it's great to get those pieces back because Alvin Kamara is really the spark that you've been missing for the last three games. And he's somebody that makes it so that your offense is at least somewhat of a threat, no matter who else is playing at those skill positions and no matter who's playing quarterback, because at least you still have Alvin Kamara that everybody's got to be worried about. As of the last three games, they haven't had that. The last two, they haven't had Mark Ingram. So with that, you're looking at getting Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara back as being a huge benefit for them moving into Thursday night's game. And we'll see if there's any change at the quarterback position. No mention of Taysom Hill or Trevor Simeon, which means that they were both at practice. It would have been more notable that they weren't, considering that they were both full at the end of last week's practices, even though those were mostly walkthroughs. But as we mentioned, we got some good news and then you get some bad news. And while Ryan Ramchick returned to practice on Sunday, missing was left tackle Teron Armstead, who did return for last week's game up against the uh, Buffalo Bills, but wasn't at practice on Sunday. We'll see if that was an early, early week uh, rest. And if he comes back on Monday or Tuesday, when we get more formal injury reports along with him, we're also missing uh, linebacker Caden Ellis and offensive lineman that was elevated off the practice squad this past weekend, Caleb Beninock. And then you also didn't see still Marcus Davenport nor Tono Passanio on the field on Sunday as well when it came to practice. So the two of them still missing on the defensive line. So while the offensive line looks to be maybe 
at the at the worst, hopefully here, shuffling a little bit more and maybe exchanging tackles at this point. Uh, the defensive line looks like it still might be a bit thin going into Thursday's game, but we'll certainly keep an eye out on that moving forward. Now, the big news with the Dallas Cowboys, Mike McCarthy, head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, has tested positive for COVID and has been moved to the NFL's COVID reserve list, along with uh, a couple of offensive line coaches, including the start, you know, the, the head offensive line coach, as well as the assistant offensive line coach and an offensive assistant and offensive tackle, Terrence Steele. According to Adam Schefter, this isn't completely done, though. According to league sources, there are eight positives amongst the Dallas Cowboys and that some of the results and information are still rolling in. So this should sound familiar to New Orleans Saints fans who had to deal with a very similar situation New Orleans Saints did ahead of the week two matchup against the Carolina Panthers. And if we learned anything from that matchup, it's that or or that situation is that it is an ever developing situation, right? All the way up until the game, uh, we were getting news about potential coaches that would be missing, coaches that were returning. But for the Dallas Cowboys, this close to the game, nobody that's going on this list is going to end up returning before the matchup. Now, according to the Dallas Cowboys, it's going to be the uh, assistant head coach. It's going to move into sort of the leadership role. He's going to pick up more responsibilities, but it's mostly going to be a group effort. Mike McCarthy is still going to be present virtually with as much as he can. And even today, the Cowboys are changing their practice a little bit. They're meeting virtually first, and then they'll go on about their usual practice at 1215 p.m. Uh, uh, Central Time. So with that, you know that the Dallas Cowboys are having to deal with a lot here. And above all else, we hope the health and safety for everyone that's involved in this. But this is one of those situations that we knew was going to end up impacting the NFL uh, throughout this season. And here we are seeing it for the New Orleans Saints, or at least in a game that New Orleans Saints are involved in again. I mean, you look at the week two matchup this year, you look at the situations last season where you know the the 3 a.m situation with the Detroit Lions game and Michael Burton and the poor situation that guy had to go through with the 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 false positive the week 17 Carolina game where they didn't have any running backs the you know earlier in the season several times throughout the 2020 season I mean the New Orleans Saints seem to always be involved or at least around these weird situations even when they're not coming from their own team it's just the luck of the draw I guess when it comes down to it but it's all a numbers game at this point. So the um, Dallas Cowboys dealing with a lot here. We'll see how it impacts them. And on top of that, there's potentially no Ezekiel Elliott, depending upon how quickly they decide to give him more time to heal up from his injury. If he's out, then expect Tony Pollard to tote the rock. And he's, of course, an extremely talented uh, running back as well out of Memphis. He has been fantastic in the NFL thus far. And then we'll see with the, with the Dallas Cowboys losing a couple of pieces here. They are still expected to get some pieces back with Amari Cooper, wide receiver, as well as edge rusher Demarcus Lawrence. So something to keep an eye out for there. So not all bad news for the Dallas Cowboys, but certainly the news that is there that is concerning. We hope and wish the best for, uh, and we'll see how it all impacts the game heading into Thursday night with the New Orleans Saints hosting the Dallas Cowboys. A tricky situation for the Dallas Cowboys impacting this Thursday night game. No easy way to transition out of a sensitive topic like this, but coming up next, we are going to move on to talking about Taysom Hill's contract. I promised you before uh, last week wrapped up that we would take a look at it and take a look at what Taysom Hill exactly has to do in order to maximize his $95 million or the $95 million version of his contract. But we're also going to take a look first at how this contract saves the Saints money in the immediate future, uh, most specifically 2022, where they are in need 
of those cap savings. We talk about that and much more as we break down Taysom Hill's contract coming back on today's episode of Locked on Saints. But first, I want to tell you about something that's not convoluted when it comes to contracts, Direct TV Stream. I love Direct TV Stream. We ended up upgrading it, upgrading to it over here because we got tired of having to flip from one app to another in order to get the the TV shows that we wanted or the movies that we wanted or having to switch back and forth between apps on a football weekend was just absolutely nuts, especially with college football being all over a bunch of different apps all the time. It, it was just too much. So we ended up upgrading to Direct TV Stream and it has been the best decision that we have made, able to just flip seamlessly between live sports to our favorite television shows, favorite TV shows, favorite movies, everything just makes it so much easier. And we were able to stop using other people's logins and battling about logging in at the same time and all this other stuff. I had to say, oh, it's football, it's for work, which people never did believe. But I mean, hey, it's the world. So and we got rid of all of it. Don't have to deal with it anymore. Helped us get our TV together. We live uh, we live by this stuff, Direct TV Stream. Go and check it out for yourself. Get all the information that you need over at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Help you get all of your TV together with no annual contract required. Uh, compatible device is required, though, and content varies by package. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Promised that we would break down Taysom Hill's contract. So let's talk about the immediate future and how this contract will help the New Orleans Saints going into 2022. And it's going to help them save money. Here's the way that Taysom Hill's contract breaks out. Remember, the basics of this contract are that it's a four-year, $40 million contract with $22.5 million guaranteed as long as he plays the role that we've seen him play so far this season. And we might see him play quarterback later on this season. Basically, nothing that happens with him this season has any bearing on this extension because of the fact that all of the incentives and escalators and everything that are built in, which we'll talk more about in the next segment, because there's so many of these things. I think it will make even the greatest skeptic feel better about this Taysom Hill contract. But let's start off with what should make you feel better right now, which is how much money it saves the Saints going into 2022. Now, remember that the other half of this contract is that it can go up to $95 million if it ends, if he ends up winning the starting quarterback role. But let's start off with where this contract sits right now. The way that this contract sits right now is a little bit different than the way that the New Orleans Saints usually structure contracts in that they don't usually structure hybrid contracts, multiple positions, yes, but also just the general structure is a little bit different from what the New Orleans Saints usually do. Usually they start off with a vet minimum in the first year of the extension, which the Saints did in this case and then kind of bump it up a little bit, but then really balloon the contract towards the last two or three seasons. The contract term here in terms of actual years is 2022 through 2025, and then there's a 2026 voidable year that right now doesn't carry a cap hit. The Saints went about this a little bit differently because the first year of the salary cap or, or, or the base salary is that $1.1 million, but everything after that is 9.9 .9 in 2023, 10 million in both 2024 and 2025. So it's pretty static throughout that entire, pretty balanced throughout the, the four years. The key here as to why the Saints didn't do that is because of the fact that they're out from under all guarantees by the time that the end of the 2022 season comes. Now, uh, Taysom Hill's 2023 salary does become guaranteed in March of 2022. So I have to figure out if they're going to knock that number down at all or how they're going to impact that number uh, at the time that March of 2022 comes around or the, the, the league year begins in 2022, but that's for a later time. For right now, though, here's how this ends up saving the Saints money in 2022. 
Remember the Saints were going to owe Taysom Hill $8.9 million no matter what next season, whether he was on the team or not, right? Because of the, the dead money there. The way that the Saints ended up handling this is that once they gave him a new contract, all that dead money basically went away. And so they were able to build a new contract effectively based on a high-end tight end contract. Look at like Austin Hooper's contract, for instance, Nick Boyle to an extent, a, a couple of those big contracts are out there, uh, Mark Andrews, for instance, so on and so forth. So when you look at Taysom Hill's contract, here's how it breaks out for the 2022 season. Again, 2021 doesn't really matter. 2022 is where this really, really, really impacts the Saints because they're already 60 to $70 million over the salary cap. If you want to see how all of that can end up being broken down, you can go and check out Nick Underhill's work over at neworleans.football, but we'll get into that later on in the offseason. But roster bonuses are a key uh, mechanism that the New Orleans Saints are using to be able to knock all of this down. And there's a huge roster bonus on Taysom Hill's contract that's currently counting against this cap hit. But what they'll do is that they'll convert that roster bonus to a signing bonus and then end up knocking all of that cost down. So right now, the cost when it comes to Taysom Hill's contract is the prorated $10.1 million signing bonus that he got, which averages $2.225 million per year. And then he has a $1.1 million base salary in 2021. So what you need to know from that is that he's owed just a little bit over $3 million in 2021 based on the prorate of the signing bonus as well as his base salary. Not bad. However, he does have a $9 million roster bonus that would kick in the first day of the league year in 2022. So that effectively raises right now, if you go and look at his salary cap hit, you're going to see a number $12.225 million that ends up being the base salary, excuse me, the salary cap hit for his, uh, for his season. However, what the Saints are going to do is that they're going to take that $9 million roster bonus and they're going to convert it into another signing bonus and stretch it out over the course of the five years. So it's the four years in 2022 through 2025. But remember that voidable year in 2026, they can extend that cap hit and prorate that bonus into 2026 as well. That's why they have that voidable year right now that actually at the moment carries absolutely nothing. There's nothing on there right now, but eventually it's going to carry $1.8 million or $9 million over the course of five years. So that's going to drop uh, Taysom Hill's salary cap hit in 2022 from $12.225 million all the way down to $5.125 million. So the way that you get that number is that you have the $1.1 million base salary, the $2.225 million signing bonus, and then instead of paying the $9 million roster bonus, you just pay one-fifth of that because you're able to restructure it and extend it over the course of the five years, which is $1.8 million. That's what gets you to the $5.125 million. So that effectively saves you right around $3.8 million of the three point of the 8.9, the 9 million that you were originally having on the books for Taysom Hill in 2022. So that's the way that the New Orleans Saints are going to end up saving some money. And it's right around where we thought it would be. We mentioned that it would be somewhere between three to $5 million that they would end up saving. You're looking at $4 million basically is what they're saving on this contract in 2022 while giving Taysom Hill this very unique contract that ends up you know, potentially expanding and growing depending upon what role he serves. And that's where we get to have a little bit of fun because a lot of people have been stressed out about this. Why would you give Taysom Hill a quarterback contract? Well, what if I told you that the contract actually scales depending upon how well he actually plays at quarterback? So you're only paying mid-tier top end or mid-tier quarterback money 
if he has a top-end quarterback season. We'll explain that and much more as we continue on and talk about Taysom Hill's contract to close out today's episode of Locked on Saints. Now, before we get to talking about how Taysom Hill can get the most out of his contract, let me tell you how to get the most out of the best tasting protein bar on the market. It is Cyber Monday, the best Cyber Monday of the year. So go and check it out at built.com. It's exactly where you should be pointing and clicking today. You're going to get at least 20% off of everything delicious and healthy. That's 20% off site-wide and even more uh, discounts when it comes to Built Boost, Built Broth, and Built Swag as well. And you even got a couple of new flavors just for Cyber Monday as well, including Caramel Almond Delight, which promises and delivers on exactly what it promises. You've got caramelized chocolate. Check almonds check is it delightful double check of course it's delightful so be sure to get yours before they're gone 150 calories only but 17 grams of protein and i know that a lot of y'all are craving white chocolate during the christmas season so they've got a white chocolate cheesecake flavor for you yummy protein treat that is filled with a marshmallowy center covered in white chocolate this one's only got 140 calories but still 17 grams of protein tis the season to save and give your taste buds the gift of Built Bar. So go to Built.com and get all of these incredible tasting new bars for 20% off of everything around the website. Just head over to Built.com and enter the promo code LOCKED20 before it's too late. And you can also go and check out BetOnline.ag for Thursday night's game. The Saints right now, six-point underdogs. We'll see how that line moves with all of this new um, news that's been coming out around the Dallas Cowboys. We'll see what happens there. But if you want to get in on the action for that game, you want to see your clear of it and take a look at the weekend's action, you can do that as well. And of course, you can also bet on the NHL, the NBA, college basketball, college football with the championship games right around the corner and even play your favorite Vegas casino games as well. Thanksgiving might be over, but I know you're still munching on those leftovers and nothing goes better with football than betting and probably some turkey. So go and check it out over at betonline.ag. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for a 50% welcome bonus. You put down $100, get an extra $50 on top of that with the promo code Locked On over at betonline.ag where the game starts. Let's get it, Houdet Nation, wrapping up today's episode with an in-depth look at Taysom Hill's new contract, what Taysom Hill has to do in order to make the most of that $95 million version of his contract will make even the biggest skeptic of this deal feel a lot better because Taysom Hill effectively has to have a top-tier quarterback season and the team has to effectively be a top-tier team in order for Taysom Hill to be paid mid-level quarterback money. Remember, at most, Taysom Hill is making $23.75 million on average. So that puts him right in between Derek Carr at $25 million and Ben Roethlisberger, who's around $16, $17 million, right in the middle of the NFL in terms of where quarterbacks are paid. But he's going to have to have a season much, much better than one that Derek Carr has put up in the recent past in order to make not even Derek Carr money. So let's talk about the way that this contract breaks out. When we talked about this contract when it first released, one of the things that we mentioned was that it was probably going to be very incentive heavy, but what will be interesting is if it's season-long incentives, i.e. 70% of snaps at the quarterback position are played, therefore you get paid this much money, or if it was going to be per game basis, 50% of 
game snaps are taken at a quarterback position. So you get this much money, right? And then you see all of this money kind of pile up over the course of time. Well, the way that New Orleans Saints went about this contract is incredibly wise because it makes no promises at all to Taysom Hill. And in fact, it doesn't even promise the money that he earns because some of these uh, incentives are incentives, but some of these bonuses are escalators. And there's a big difference between the two incentives. If you think back to the week 17 game for the New Orleans Saints in 2020, when the Saints were going up against the Carolina Panthers in that game, Emmanuel Sanders caught nine passes on his eighth pass. He ended up throwing his hands in the air, making the money sign off to the uh, sideline. He and Sean Payton kind of joking around about it after the game as well. That was because he had just caught his 60th pass of the season and he had an incentive for 60 passes. If he caught 60 passes in the season, then he would get paid an extra $500,000, an extra half a million dollars. Not too bad. Now, when it came to when it comes to incentives, once you cross that threshold, the check is cut, you're getting paid that, it's guaranteed. When it comes to escalators, if you hit the threshold of an escalator, then it gets tacked onto the next season's contract and is usually not guaranteed. And by all intents and purposes and everything that we've seen so far in terms of the identification of Taysom Hill's contract, there's nothing that suggests that his escalators are guaranteed. So he has about $18 million in incentives, which would be guaranteed if he hits those thresholds. Those things are based on completion percentage and passing touchdowns and passing yardage, things like that. However, he has a bunch of escalators, which amount to $36 million that instead are based on some things like rushing yardage and rushing touchdowns that are individual, but also team success, 10, 11, or rather 11, 12, 13 win seasons, championship game appearances and wins, playoff game appearances and wins, game snaps. All of these things are affected. Oh, even where the team ranks at the end of the season in terms of scoring offense and total offense. I mean, so much of his money is based upon the success of things that are impacted by the run game, things that are impacted by the other 31 teams in the NFL that they're very unlikely to be hit. So even if he ends up having a season to where he goes out there and he throws for, let's say, 3,000 yards, it's not enough to maximize his own individual incentives. And if he does throw for 4,000 yards and hits the incentives, if the team has a 12 and five record because a kicker missed a field goal, then all of a sudden he doesn't get that escalator for the following season. So this is really interesting stuff. The other thing that's really interesting is that when it comes to escalators not being guaranteed, that can basically be at the team's discretion. And it could also simply be, do you even last on the roster until the next season? Because there could be a situation in which the team ends up winning 30, uh, or sorry, excuse me, winning 13 games and he plays 70% of snaps, which allows him to qualify for that along with 224 passing attempts. So there's all of these things that he has to hit individually in order for the team success to even potentially be his own success. But this team may be able to say, you know, we're actually moving on from you this offseason. So that escalator doesn't really matter because it's non-guaranteed. And remember, the Saints are out from under all guaranteed money by the end of the 2022 season or by the end of the 2023 season, depending upon how they handle the fact that 2023 becomes guaranteed at the beginning of 2022. So Here's what Taysom Hill would have to do in order to maximize the amount of money that he gets out of the $95 million. I'm very selective about that verbiage, and I'll tell you why in just a moment. If Taysom Hill appears in 70% of offensive snaps, that's a a base level thing that has to happen in order for him to qualify for any incentive or any any escalator. If he doesn't qualify and he doesn't hit 70% of offensive snaps and he doesn't throw 224 passes in each season, 
then he can't qualify for pretty much anything. He would have to appear in 70% of offensive snaps. He'd have to throw 224 passes and complete at least 146 of them. That gets him over his 65% completion percentage threshold. Yes, that's a part of his incentives. He would have to hit 4,000 passing yards, 30, uh, 30 passing touchdowns, and he would have to rush for 60 yards and 10 scores. That's a pretty swollen sat line. That is top NFL quarterback play at that point. That's a total of 40 touchdowns that he would have to score in each season in order to qualify for some incentives and to qualify for some escalators, which wouldn't pay him out until the next season anyway. The Saints would also have to be at least 13 and four in all four seasons. And in all four of those seasons, he would also, they would also have to be a top 10 scoring offense, as well as a top 10 offense in terms of total yardage in the regular season. Those are all escalators. So they would have to nail that for 2022, 23, and 24 in order for that to potentially pay out in 23, 24, and 25. It's very convoluted. Then he would have to also be a Super Bowl winning pro bowler and he'll have to play long enough in the 2025 season as the Saints starting quarterback in order to earn the escalators that he earned in 2024, which would put him at 35 years old at that point. If he hits all of those things, he comes up $1 million short of the $95 million total quarterback contract because $1 million of that contract is actually bottled up in incentives this season, which are incentives that he cannot hit. He would have to complete 65% of passes. He would have to throw for over 3,250 yards. He'd have to throw for 200, or excuse me, he would have to throw for 25 touchdowns and have a 90 passer rating. He would also need to have 600 rushing yards. He would have to show up for 50% of offensive snaps. And all of these things are tied to one another. So he doesn't have the opportunity to land any of the incentives for this year, and he certainly very unlikely will hit all of the incentives and escalators as a starting quarterback for the next three seasons. So with that being the case, why sign this contract, I think is what a lot of people are wondering. Well, it's simple. The Saints, again, didn't make any promises that he would become the starting quarterback, but they did make a promise to him effectively that he has a role in New Orleans for the next couple of seasons, which he effectively does. For two years, $20 million on average, he basically has, or not $20 million on average, but $20 million total effectively. He basically has a role in New Orleans, whether it's as the offensive weapon, which would put him in you know, tight end, H-back, special teams, all of that, or potentially competing for the quarterback spot and potentially even becoming the Saints starting quarterback at some point. If that were to happen though, the amount of money that the New Orleans Saints would pay scales contingent upon his performance which is a very, very strategic way for the New Orleans Saints to not have to panic buy a quarterback at the highest market price when time begins to dwindle before the 2022 season because maybe they have some trouble landing the quarterback that they want over the course of the offseason. They have one in the building and they only have to pay that quarterback as well as he performs. And in fact, they still end up only paying him mid-tier level quarterback money if he has one of the best quarterback seasons we've ever seen. So the New Orleans Saints do it again. They make the salary cap work for them. They save money. They eliminate panic. They eliminate concern. And they put together a contract that allows them to basically not have to overpay for any quarterback at any point in the next four seasons or however long Taysom Hill lives out his contract. Coming up on tomorrow's episode, it's Tuesday, so it's Analytics Tuesday. We're going to dive right back into our usual rhythm. We're going to take a look at the numbers behind the Saints' loss against the Buffalo Bills and what needs to change heading forward to the Dallas Cowboys. We've got that and much more coming up for you all throughout the week here 
on Locked On Saints. As always, y'all, thank you very much for making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. For your second listen, make sure you go and check out Locked On Bets. Go ahead and win some money this week with your boy Q and Lee Sterling. For everything that you need around the New Orleans Saints in between our daily episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you that nation, I'll holla at you.